God bless you. Welcome. Good to see you. Hey, and everybody in Point Loma, let's put our hands together. Why don't you welcome one another to church today. So great to be together with one another. My name is Travis. I am the campus pastor here at Rock Church Point Loma, and we got a great day uh, planned for you, but uh, I had a busy week. Anybody else have a busy week? A busy week? Yeah? Yeah? Couple woos, so couple, you know, busy can be good. It can be kind of not so good, but uh, there's a lot that went on this, this past week. Last night, uh, we were at Faith and Family Night. A handful of you were there. Anybody at Faith and Family Night last night? Padre game? Handful of you? Good, good. Um, it was awesome. So I'm trying to keep my voice because I was you know, shouting down and we were worshiping, and, but it was a, a great time. Uh, your senior pastor, Pastor Miles, threw out the first pitch. That was cool. That was awesome. Yeah. You got to see Pastor Miles uh, here, his son, Miles, and then MJ, who, Miles Jr. In fact, did you guys know this? If you don't have all the exact same names, you're not actually a junior. Did you know that? So Pastor Miles has a son named Miles, middle name Spencer, not junior. But then Miles Spencer McPherson has a son, Miles Spencer McPherson, that's the junior. Hence MJ. Did you know that? Someone just went, what? I thought if you had the same first name. No, 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 no. The same name. So all the miles is through the first pitch, and it was just a great time, great game. Uh, last Sunday, we had baptisms all throughout our campuses. 100 people got baptized just at this campus alone. Praise God. Come on. Yeah, I'm not going back. That's what that means. I'm not going back to the old life. I'm going forward to the new life, and I want the whole world to know it. It was incredible. Um, we're getting excited because we have a men's conference coming up, a women's conference coming up. Shout out to all the men's and the women's in the house. Um, Go online uh, to check out that, that uh, information. If you want to get plugged into the men's conference, I believe you will enjoy it. And then uh, come back next Sunday. Our pastor will be back with us. We're starting a new series called the Do Something Church Series, and Pastor Miles will be in the house to preach. I cannot wait for it. Uh, but today, we are wrapping up week nine in our series entitled Empowered. Someone shout Empowered. 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 That was good. But by the ninth week, I would expect you got some power in, 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 inside of you, so... You know, we've been going for it nine weeks through the book of Acts. And how many of you enjoyed nine weeks of the book of Acts? You guys enjoy that? I, we, we don't often do that. Just take nine weeks and hit different stories. And we've made it all the way towards the end. And so I'm going to kind of come back towards the front today. But we've just navigated different topics and different themes. And, and what God can do through Jesus, he wants to do it through you and I. And we've been empowered to lead well, empowered to stand strong in the world that wants you to sit down, uh, empowered to keep going. Uh, every week is something different. But the book of Acts, Acts is really uh, the acts or the actions of those early disciples. That's where you get the book of Acts. The, a man named Luke, he was a doctor. He wrote not just uh, the gospel according to Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. He also wrote Acts. So Acts is part two to the story in Luke. And Luke ends with Jesus on the cross and then ascending into heaven. And then Acts begins with the dissension of the Holy Spirit and it comes on those early disciples. And at that time, there were about 120 believers. And so Jesus tells his group, he goes, listen, you're gonna be the first church. And you're gonna go tell the world all that I've done. You're gonna tell them the, the good news and the hope and the power that's in the gospel. But wait here. After I leave, I want you to wait about 10 days because then the Holy Spirit will come at Pentecost. What's the Holy Spirit? They didn't know. But it was the same spirit that lived and operated through Jesus. The same power that rose him from the grave is now available to you and me. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, wait for the Holy Spirit. And so the believers sitting, sitting there waiting. And then Acts 1.8, this is what Jesus told them. It says, but you will receive, say it with me, power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said, listen, you're gonna be my witness right here in Point Loma, San Diego, California, the United States, and as far as God will take you, I want you to tell people about what I'm doing. That's why you got the Holy Spirit. So the central theme of the book of Acts we've been covering nine weeks is really a Holy Spirit-empowered church telling people and the world about Jesus. Can I get a good amen from somebody? That's good. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your scriptures. Thank you that the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray that it would cut us today, that it would sharpen us today. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me and fill this house and teach us what you want us to know and make us more and more like Jesus. That's our prayer, and we pray it in his name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Um, This past week or so, about two weeks ago, I noticed that on my bank statement, by the way, you should get in the habit of checking your bank statements. Um, I noticed that a charge for our cable, and we still get cable, we stream some stuff, we still got some cable, uh, cable shows that we watch, and I noticed that the bill doubled, okay? And I was like, wait a minute, no one called me, they didn't email me, it just doubled. How many know that's how, how it works sometimes? It just, it just happens, like, oh, we didn't even know. I noticed. So I called him, I said, hey, I noticed my bill doubled. You know, they told me, it turns out your promotion, it's always the promotion, right? Oh, the promotion expired. I'm like, the pro- I didn't even know I was on a promotion. I'm on a promotion? The promotion expired. And, and don't, I'm not getting on you if you work in cable and like, you know, I call you, my bad. It's just, just how it went down. Just telling my story here. He said, hey, your promotion expired. I said, my promotion expired. Okay, can I get on that new promotion? You got that new, new promotion? I'm trying to get on that one, somebody. Come on. And they said, well, you know, it's, it's, the promotion's not available anymore. And I said, okay, all right. Is there anything you can do about it? No, I can't. And so I always hit them with the, if you were in my situation, what would you do? That's some Jedi right there, right? And you just be quiet, right? Sean Reed, you know what I'm talking about. You just sit there and be quiet, right? That's a, that's a sales tactic. Just like next person to talk loses. Mm-hmm. It's awkward and quiet, but I'm good. What would you do if you were in my position? And they go, well, maybe I, you know, I can get my manager. Let's do that. Let's get the manager. I'm okay. I'm nice. I'm nice about it. I'm nice about it. And so I spent 45 minutes negotiating that new promo- promotion, but I got that promotion. Come on, somebody. And so I got the, the bill back. Mostly because I'm trying to watch Shark Week. Come on, on Discovery Channel. Maybe Shark Week this week. Maybe some, watch this from Shark Week, right? My wife doesn't care for it. I, I get it. I get it, but I'm trying to watch some Shark Week. But uh, in the meantime, we've been watching more of the streaming shows, so, you know, Prime and, and, and Netflix. And I like the documentaries on Netflix. The, uh, mostly documentaries is what I enjoy watching. You like to see real, real stories of people that made it and did something really incredible. And there's one story that I just fell in love with recently. And, and check this out. Uh, this documentary is called 14 Peaks. Uh, 14 Peaks. Anybody seen 14 Peaks? Yeah, go, go check it out, 14 Peaks. And uh, the, the story is about a man named Nims Perja. And, and Nims um, sets out to climb, to summit the 14 tallest mountains in the world. Now you've heard of Mount Everest, right? Well, there's 14 of them, just like it, in the same little region. So Nims says, I, I wanna climb all 14 peaks, and they're the tallest because there's only 14 mountains that are over 8,000 meters. And to put that in perspective, the tallest building in the world is in Dubai, and it's the Burj Khalifa. The Burj Khalifa 
you can stack 11 of them and a little bit more and you'll get over 8,000 meters. And Nim says, I wanna do all 14. There's only one other guy that's done all 14. I don't know his name. He did it over a span of seven years. What made this story interesting is that Nim's purchase said, I wanna do it in seven months. And just like you went, wow, the whole world said, whoa. Wow, let me show you the picture of just a handful of some of those mountaintops. Look at the clouds are like, nah, bro, too hard, too high for me. I'm good, bro. <laughs> like it's a no for me, dog. Right? It's like I ain't. I'm not even trying to get up there with a the mountain. That's how tall they are. There's just a handful of them. I can't even pronounce them. But but Shamlang and and, and Manaslu and and and, and, and Shishkebab and, and Barutsi and you know and there's Everest right over there and there and there's a handful more. There's just a, a couple of them. But the whole world said, Nims, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. You can't, you can't do this. The only other person in the whole world has done it in seven years. How are you going to do it in seven months? He said, watch me do it. And what I love about Nims is this is him at the end holding up what he named the project. This is what he named the project. Project Possible. Come on, somebody. He said, you think it's impossible? I will show you that it is absolutely Possible. And how many know there are things in our lives that sometimes we feel that God has called us to do that feels impossible. And the world around you will tell you, you can't do it, it's impossible. Well, this is my, 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 my sermon in a sentence that I think will kind of drive us for the direction of where we're going today. But I wrote this down. What seems impossible to you and I is made possible by God only by the power of the Holy Spirit. What seems impossible to you and I, what seems impossible to your friends, just seems impossible to the people that knew you. Oh, I, bro, you're, you're the same guy I knew in high school. What seems impossible to them, to you, to me, to you and I, is made possible by God to the power of the Holy Spirit. So I titled this message, Empowered to Do the Impossible. If you got your Bibles with me, or with you, would you go to Acts chapter 4? Acts chapter 4, and again, I, I told you we kind of navigated through the entire book of of Acts, last week, Pastor Santi did a great job, giving a great word, and went all the way to Acts 28, and so we finished it, so I wanna come back to Acts chapter four, and I'm gonna read a, a section of verses, verses 13 to uh, 22, but I wanna set up this section for you, and what was happening right before the story. Uh, uh, there's two disciples, Peter and John, they're preaching and teaching, and they come upon a, Crippled from birth beggar, this is what the Bible says. He's from birth, born this way, can't walk, and he's begging, and he sees Peter, and he sees John, and he's begging, asking for money, and, and Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have is this, get up and walk in Jesus' name. And the man gets up, and he begins to walk, and he's standing there like, hey! Hey, check me out, legs. You know what I mean? Like, incredible, incredible miracle. The crowd can't believe it. And Peter begins to then preach because now a crowd is coming around him. He's preaching and teaching the gospel. Here's a note. God does miraculous things, not just to, to do miraculous things. He does it to put his love on display, his gospel on display. He doesn't heal just like a hot pocket so you can be like, check out Jesus, look what he did. No, he heals to set up the gospel. You are filled by the spirit to then go preach to the world, to tell the world about Jesus. 
And so right after this miracle, they can't believe it. They've all gathered. Peter begins to preach. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you who sent the gift. His name is Jesus. Let me tell you what you did to Jesus. You crucified him. And so he's pre- they're preaching and teaching. And the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, the religious people of the time didn't like that. They didn't like Jesus. They wanted to stay in control. And so they grab Peter and John. They throw them in prison. Of course they do because Acts is full of people getting thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. And then they ask them the next morning, by what power and by what name do you do this? Because they couldn't deny the miracle. They said, well, by what power and by what name? And filled with the spirit, Peter said, it is Jesus of Nazareth, the one you crucified. In the name of Jesus, filled with the spirit that lived in Jesus, that's now in me, that's who we're doing this by, Jesus. And so here is the story that I want to pick up in, in Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read 13 to 22, then we'll break it down and we'll have some fun. Verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were, underline this, unschooled, ordinary men. They noticed the courage, but also took note, you're a dropout. You're just a regular dude. You, <laughs> you're a regular girl. They saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, remember this man has been crippled since he was born. And so they can't deny it. And they, they know this guy, they know this guy. Everybody walks by Cripple Bob, they, all, they know Cripple Bob. They see him every day and I'm not trying to, to speak down to the situation, but they, they know this guy. They've named this guy. They know, who the situa- they, they know his circumstances. And they're shocked, that guy, and you guys, ordinary men, and there's Bob just like, yep, hey. Me and Peter are homies, man, yeah, I'm with them. They took note in verse 15. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then confer there. The Sanhedrin were the kind of appointed religious people that acted like a, a tribal judgment group. They conferred together. In verse 16, what are we gonna do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign. They know it. And we can't deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading, they're not denying it, they just want to hold it back. Any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Whose name? Jesus' name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus in verse 19. But Peter, filled with the Spirit, and John, filled with the Spirit, replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you? Or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide. This is my favorite part. I want you to lean in. They could not decide how to punish them. Because all the people were praising God for what had happened. This is my favorite. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40. He's old. Apparently. I read that and I was like, what? I'm 38. I'm, I'm like, what? Apparently miracles can't happen if you're over 40. Sorry. I'm like, wait a minute, Jesus. What? They're astonished for the man who was healed was over 40. He's probably 42. It's just dang. It's old. 
just, man, I just, I can't believe, I'm in shock. I know, 39 is believable, but 43, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He just, you know, barely get around at 41. I said, wow. I've never read that before, like that. Peter and John have what I would call an impossible situation. And you have impossible situations. Let me break it down for you. In verse 13, they are called unschooled ordinary. You're incapable. Unschooled ordinary. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you in here today or watching online or joining us at a different time have ever felt ordinary? Or heard the enemy whisper, you're a loser. You're a dropout. There's a reason why you can't do what they do because you're incapable. And people know it. And so here they are, ordinary and unschooled. That's the first part of this impossible equation. And then in verse 22, you got this guy who's been crippled from birth. He never even walked before. It's not like he got in an accident and then was healed. He's never done it. Even those that can have to learn how to walk. He stands up and walks. Jesus just fast forwards the whole process. He says, no, no, he's going to walk. But you got these unschooled, ordinary, you're regular, you're this, you're that, you're not qualified. Your circumstances are devastating. And you're hoping for something that you cannot do. That's an impossible situation. You may be sick and you say, I'm always in pain. You may be in a failing relationship and you say things like, we'll never get better. You may have an addiction to alcohol or drugs or pornography or just something casual that has become a God thing in your life. And it's a, it's, it's a good thing, but now you've made it a God thing and it's an addiction. And you're, you're thinking, I'll, I'll always have this problem, pornography, drinking, whatever it is. I lost my job. I'll never be able to provide like they do. I'll never be chosen for the promotion. They always look over me because of my circumstances. I'm incapable. I'm unqual. I'm regular. Anxiety and depression. I'll never get out of this pit. And the devil will whisper to you, you're not special. You're ordinary. That's why nothing happens. That's why it happens for them, but not for you. Your circumstances are too difficult. What you're hoping for, you could never do. You're just a single dad. Jeez. You're just a single woman with kids. You're just a loser and your high school friends, they all know it. You're a no talent, never going to start that business type of person. Where's Heather? Heather, Heather, are you close? I asked if Heather would come out and join me. Uh, Get up for Heather. Let's give it up for Heather. She comes out. Heather, would you, would you stand here and hold this? I'm going to ask Heather to hold this impossible box. And we got like 20 minutes left in the message at least. And so I'm going to ask if you hold it for me the rest of, of the, the service, if that's okay. By the way, um, uh, Heather serves in our uh, welcome and hospitality team. Come on, give God some praise for her faithfulness. Uh, you have a beautiful daughter. What's your daughter's name? Riley. We love Riley, and she's around sometimes. Um, And what God will do, Heather, is, or the enemy will do, rather, is he will tell you about your situation. He will begin to whisper to you, Heather, your situation is impossible. You're a single mom. You're always going to be a single mom. 
You'll never be able to provide for Riley the way that they do. You're never going to be able to meet that person. You're never going to, based on what you did, you're never, it's impossible. It's impo- Here's where we got to be careful. When we hold on to seemingly impossible situations too long, they can produce hopelessness. And hopelessness can become a spiritual stronghold bound together by these two words, always and never. That's the spiritual strong, always and never, always and never. It's, a, it's become a, a spiritual stronghold. And that's why I want you to hold it the rest of the service so you can feel that. But you'll, you'll, you're here, you're here, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, the whole time? All 20 minutes? All 20 minutes. You're always going to be stuck. You're never going to get a promotion. My situation is impossible. But I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is the God that does the impossible. God, God is the God that, that moves the mountain that you and I couldn't move. God is the, the God of the Bible is the one that heals when medicine couldn't heal and the physician couldn't heal. That's the God that we believe in today. That's the God that I serve. God can bring the promotion. He can bring the research. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. He wants to bring the promotion. He wants to bring the house. He wants to bring the breakthrough. That's the God we serve today. And so well, the enemy says, no, impossible, always, never, God says, no, possible. Possible. All things are possible through Christ. I want to give you three ways our impossible situations become possible. Three ways our impossible situations become possible. If you're a note taker, write this one down. Number one, impossible becomes possible when we give God control. Boy, is that simple, but it's, it's profound. And I promise you, hang with me, don't leave. It is profound. When we give God control, in Matthew 19, verse 26, it says, Jesus looked at them intently because his disciples were saying, well, who gets to go to heaven? And, 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 and the, there's this rich guy that comes up and says, I'll, I'll, what do I got to do? And, and Jesus says, give everything away. And he goes, whew, I got a lot of money. And so he goes away sad and they go, man, what's, what, what do we got to do to get there? And, and Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, I love that, humanly speaking, It's impossible. But with God, what? Everything is possible. And so he, he's saying, listen, I know how you talk. Because humanly speaking, it's impossible. I know how your friends talk. Hey, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that business idea. I wouldn't send your kids to school there. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can afford to, to do that right now. I don't know that I can afford to even worship God with my, with my money right now. It's, it, it, humanly speaking, It's impossible. But with God, he says, everything, what's everything? Is everything everything? Everything's possible. In Jeremiah 32, 17, it says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth. You did it all. He's the star breather. He's the planet shaker. That's what he does. Ah, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Watch this. Nothing is too hard for you. God can do anything. God can do what no one else can do. Um, in the pandemic, uh, a lot of people were getting some, into new hobbies. How many got a new hobby over the past three years? You got a new hobby? Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a new hobby, but, but I spent some more time playing golf. I played golf growing up, played golf in high school, junior college, and, 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 and loved playing golf. Um, some of my buddies got into, got into riding bikes. They were like, hey, man, listen, I'm going to go ride bikes. I was like, like bicycles? Which one? Like, like X Games or like tight shorts? Which bicycle are you talking about? <laughs> and it was both. It was like, no, nah, mountain biking. This guy was like, no, tight shorts. I'm doing this one. I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever. It wasn't for me. But I, I played golf with my neighbor, and 
he had a membership at, at a, his country club and he would take me for free and we would just have a blast. And on one of the occasions, I got a hole in one. I'm, no, I'm not lying, I got a hole in one, I got a hole in one. And I've been playing long enough, you would think by now I, I would get one. That was my very first hole in one. And I was so excited and it was just me and him and his, his dad and it, it looked like it went in, but we couldn't tell, so we got the phone out. And so uh, we, we, I think we posted on the church social media at some point. Where's Kier? Kier was here earlier in our social media department. I think we posted it a couple years ago because we didn't have a lot of post about in the pandemic. So we're trying to get some good news out there. Like, hey, look at God. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got this hole in one. And you know what I did? The first thing I did after I told my wife was I started sending messages to my buddies in high school that I played with. And they hit me with, hey man, how, how far was it? Uh, did anybody see it? Were you by yourself? <laughs> what? They're like, did you get it? Did anybody see it? Did you record it? Because if it didn't record it, it didn't happen. I don't know. What, cor- what, go- what course was it? I said it was this course. I said easy course, I've been there before. It's an easy course. I'm like, what? Come on. Did it bounce off a tree? No, it didn't, it went in. It went in. Honest so I hit it good. That's an easy golf course. I should have never told him. That's what I, I'm not, I just want to, immediately I said, I should have never told him. I'm looking for someone to be like, hey, man, we're going Sizzler. We're, I was looking for someone that was getting excited with me. In fact, my wife did. She got me a towel and like a plaque and everything. I was like, okay, I feel better. I feel better about my situation. Part of giving God control of your impossible situations is making sure you don't give it to anyone else first. Part of giving God control, because people think, where where are my control freaks at? Any self-diagnosed control freaks? Right, here we go, Nico, she's like, yay! I only raised my hand because I decided to, that's what she, (laughs) control freaks. We think if I give God control, God gets to take it. Not always. It's making sure we don't give it to anyone else first. So married person, before you start telling your coworkers how terrible your spouse is, you give it to God first. Because your coworkers would be like, girl, come on, we're going out. Get, put something on. Like, we're, we're, we're doing it. He doesn't deserve you. Let's go. Let's do it. No, you take your marriage situation, you're impossible, it hasn't been well, we had three miscarriages, he lost his job, we're not gonna, I'm, I'm frustrated, the, the, this is happening, They're gonna t- we gotta move, it's just my, my so-and-so died, I just feel like I'm in an impossible situation. You, you bring that to God first. That's what it looks like to give God control. You give it to the one who can actually do something about it. So it's giving God control First, but it's also saying, God, and I give you the outcome. I give you control of the outcome. And so with open hands, Lord, you can do what only you can do by the power of the Holy Spirit. Impossible becomes possible when you give God control. Here's number two. Impossible becomes possible when we trust God's process. When we trust God's process. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I don't do things the way that you do things. That's what Jesus is saying. My ways are better. And even Jesus, because he was filled with the Spirit, trusted the Father's process. 
Someone shout process. In Matthew 26, 39, and going a little farther, he fell on his face, this is Jesus in the garden, and prayed saying, my father, if it be possible. Here's what Jesus knows. It's possible. So he's not saying, can you? He's saying, will you? If it's possible, let this cup, this cross, this sacrifice for all of you, if it's possible, let it pass for me. Nevertheless, I love it, not as I will, but as you will. What is he saying? I trust your process. I trust you, Father. Even though I know you could do it, I trust your process. See, process is a pattern and a pace. Process is a pattern, how it's going to be done, and a pace, when will it be done? Uh, uh, every, every, Every week for the past couple of months, my wife and I, someone will come to the door, and who is it? Is, is someone trying to sell solar, solar panels. Shout out to my solar salespeople. I love you. God bless you. <laughs> but they've been, that's like every, like every week, there's a new one, and I'm like, what's up? Hey, how you doing? And, and because I got a heart for salespeople, and I did say, I, I get it, I'll sit there and let them give me the whole spiel. I'm like, no, go ahead, dog. You're good. Go ahead. And I'll sit there and listen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 yep. I'm with it. I'm with it. Yep. Love solar. And at the very end, they go, so do you want to do it? Nope, I don't. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'll do it when I'm ready. I'll do it with the company that I want. There's like 10 different companies that come and they give me their pitch and some of them are good too. And the good ones won't just tell you about the product. They'll give you an opportunity to buy the product. So the worst salespeople are like, look at all the features and benefits. Hey. And they never ask you to buy it. So come on, salespeople, you want to, Get up on that next level. You got to ask them to buy it. Close the deal. Do you want to buy it? So the best ones at the end go, do you want the solar? And I tell them no, but I love your presentation. And so they always follow it up. The better ones, because they want to handle the objections with, well, if you did buy it, who would you buy it with? I don't know. Well, when you figure that out, when do you think you'd buy it? I'm not sure. Why not? Because I got a process. I'm processing it, it's a, it's a, it's a pattern, it, it's how I'm gonna do it and when I'm gonna do it. And some of us get so frustrated with God because he's got a process. And you don't like his, his way and you don't like his time. God, I wouldn't have done it this way. It's, it's, uh, didn't I tell you it was impossible? Like today would be great. Next week was okay, but God said, I got a process. It's not my way, my ways are above your ways. My timing is not, maybe your preferred timing. If it's not God's timing, you can't, Force it, and if it is God's timing, you can't stop it. God's got a process. And he may be actually saving some of you from what would crush you, because if he gave it to you now, it it would just destroy your life. What seems impossible to you and I is made possible only by the power of the Holy Spirit, but we have to trust God's process. Here's the last point, because I'm running out of time, but this is good, so stick around with me. Number three, the impossible becomes possible when we yield to God's power. When we yield to God's power. The impossible becomes possible when we yield to God's power. To yield is to make way and make room for whatever or whomever needs to go in front. Any bad drivers in the house? You don't know nothing about yielding. Come on. I'm the yield, I'm the yield guy. I'm like, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm all good. To make way or make room for whoever needs to take the lead. Here's Ephesians chapter 3, and then I'm going to read this, and I'm going to tell you a story. We'll wrap up our time. Ephesians 3, 16 to 20. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will, there's our word, empower you with inner strength through what? His spirit 
then Christ will make his home in your hearts. Did you know that God wants to make a home in your heart? By his spirit? But you gotta make room and say, God, I welcome you. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts and watch what happens. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love actually is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is actually too great to understand fully, but then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Lean in for this. Now all glory to God, who is able. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God is able. Turn to the other neighbor and tell him God is able. Somebody came today just to hear that God is able. But not only is he able, he's willing. He's able and he's willing. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, and some versions say imagine. God can do more. God wants to do more. God's character and nature is to do more than you can imagine is even possible. That's what he does. We have to yield to his power that is at work within us and through us. This past month and a half or so, my household was wiped out in sickness. My mom got sick, my dad got sick, I got sick, my wife got sick, kids had something. It was just like, man, 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 man. We tried to take a week in, um, where we go? Lake Arrowhead, Lake Arrowhead. And we were there halfway through, my wife got sick. And how many know when you go on vacation, it's like someone gets sick, you're like, oh my gosh. She's like, ah, I love you though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we still had a great time. But my wife got sick, we came home and then I got sick. Like, oh man. As my wife was getting better, then I get sick. Our kids had like a little sniffle and it's kind of been that season as you look around and then as I was getting better, my wife got what, food poisoning or something. And then right after that, she went back to work. She got sick again. And then my dad got sick. And I was like, God, what? I'm trying to do your work. I'm trying to be healed from this. I'm trying to get better. And so I did what God's word says to do in James chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. It says, are any of you healed? I'm paraphrasing. I didn't write this in my notes, but it says, are any of you sick? Then Bring yourselves to the elders of the church that they may anoint you with oil and the prayer offered in faith will make you healed. And if you are in sin, you'll be forgiven. And so the passage says that when you come by faith, you can ask God for healing, both physically and then there's a spiritual healing that takes place. And so I broke up the oil. I'm an elder. And I got the oil and I was oiling up everybody. I was like, you get it and you get it and I get it. And give me some of your oil and this is what you want. This is regular oil right here. And the kids got it. And I was praying for my wife in, 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 the, in the kitchen. We were right there praying and it wasn't working because we weren't getting better. I'm like, you, we either need a new elder or a new oil. I don't know. Get the Crisco. I don't know. It was like, this ain't working. I'm doing what God's word says to do. I'm like, I know the, I know the Bible. I know what it says. I know the authority I have. And so we were just going in, you know, and, and then every day and every night, and I was laying hands on throats and ankles and feet and toes and from the top of your head and decreeing, declaring, and we were going to war through prayer with the oil. And we weren't getting healed. We, we, weren't, we weren't getting the 
insta-heal. But how many know that healing is a process? Miracles happen like that, but healing is a process. But all the while, what I didn't realize while we were praying, not getting what I was like, come on, God, come on, God, come on, God. There were two little disciples watching us saying, come on, God. It wasn't until now I'm better, my wife's better, we're, we're, we're healed, so God did it through a process. We're driving down the street, and I'm with my son, he's in the back seat, the two of us, and we heard sirens. I go, son, actually he said, dad, maybe we should pray for the people that are injured, because I hear the sirens. And I went, oh. I said, son, you wanna pray? He goes, I wanna pray. And my son prayed, he's four years old. He said, dear Jesus, I go, oh. Ugh. It's too much already. <laughs> it's like, ah. And he goes, Jesus, we pray that those people would be safe. And in his own ways, praise this prayer. And I'm like, come on, God. And then later in the week, my wife got a little cough or something. And he goes in the bed and he puts his hand on her and prays for her to be healed. I go, Jesus, what did you do? You see, all the while I'm saying, come on, God, come on, God, come on, God. He's like, just watch. If you, if you would just, you, you, you've been sick for this long, and this is uh, it's impossible. I'm doing what it says, and I'm holding on to my impossible thing for two months. And he goes, listen, if you would just know that what you think is impossible, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can make possible, here's how it works. You've got to give me control. And, and so, Heather, if you just, I want you to hold this differently. I want you to hold it this way. Because I not, now, now she's not clinging to it. Now, now she's in a posture of God. You, you're not going to take it, but... But I give you control of the outcome. If you want to move it, you want to shake it, you want to turn it. And like that, God says, possible. And so we were healed, but in the midst of the healing, God did something even better. He said, I was going to heal you, but I'm trying to raise up a prayer warrior for the next generation. Would you let me do work? Would you let me do my business? And see, God says, see, the impossible becomes possible when you give God control, but also when you trust his process and when you yield to his power that is at work in us now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us and through us to accomplish infinitely more than you can ever ask think or imagine so God says listen I got this possibility hold that Lord hold hold that Heather come on now and I got this possibility I want to do that and I want to do that I wanna do the job and I wanna do the raise. I wanna do the marriage and I wanna do the kids. I wanna do the promotion and I wanna do the next business opportunity that you're gonna invent. I got it all. You're right here, impossible, impossible, impossible. I'm trying to do possible and possible. That's the God we serve. How many can get excited about a God of the possible in Jesus' name this morning? Come on.